Good evening, everyone. I hope you all had a great New Year and a great Christmas. It's great to be here on a Wednesday night in the house of the Lord with you. And tonight, I want to talk to you about hope. So, let's go to prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for today, and I thank you for all that you've done for us, Lord. And, and I thank you for being able to come here and, and hear your word and study your word on a Wednesday night, Lord. And I know people are coming home from work, and, and they're tired. And I'm just so thankful for everybody that's tuning in today to hear your word. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. As I said, I want to talk about hope. And hope is something that we always talk about, even if we don't think about it. We see the word hope in many movies. I even did a quick Google search. And when I did a quick Google search on hope with movies, I found so many of them. There's movies like Hope Floats and Hope Ranch and Hope and Glory and Hope Springs and Raising Hope and Why You Get My Picture that there's so many movies and songs that were written about hope. In, in our language, in our English language, we also say things like, you know, I hope it's not going to rain today. Or our kids say that, you know, I hope I don't have a lot of homework this weekend. And with Christmas being a couple weeks ago, I'm sure many of us parents have heard our phrases that our children have said like, I hope I get what I want for Christmas. And so we're always putting the word hope in our sentences when we desire something to happen and when we also want something not to happen. Look at the presidential election that we just had. How many times have you heard people saying, I hope that person doesn't get elected or I hope this person gets elected. And now we're saying, I just hope that the president does a good job. And so this is how the world thinks about hope. But the Bible also has a lot to say about hope. And so the biblical definition of hope is confident expectation. I remember reading this saying somewhere. It said, biblical hope has as its foundation faith in God. Biblical hope has as its foundation faith in God. In other words, we as believers in Christ can have confidence that God will fulfill all of his promises to us. We have that assurance. It's not just a wishful thinking or a feeling that many in the world has. God is faithful, and we can have hope in his faithfulness. There's a lot of people out there in the world today that either have no hope or they have false hope. They have doubt, and that's what their hope is. It's doubt. They think that they have hope, but a little bit of it is just doubt. And that's not true biblical hope. We as followers of Christ have a true biblical hope. And we need to bring that hope to our community and to the world, especially as we enter into this new year. Like I said, a week and a half ago, we celebrated Christmas and the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And Christmas is a time of hope. And as we enter into this new year, we must remember that God is the foundation of our hope. In Romans 15, 13, Paul wrote, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope 
through the power of the Holy Spirit. So Paul is referring to God as the source of our hope. He's the very foundation of our hope. We live in a world where people talk about inner peace. And we see people that meditate and they do yoga. And sometimes people even spend a lot of money trying to find that inner peace within them. But the sad reality is that they're never going to find inner peace within themselves. We can only find that joy and peace in the God who is of perfect joy and of perfect peace. And we can be confident of this through the power of the Holy Spirit. Our hope is not in ourselves. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. My daughter Elena and I were watching a movie the other day. And so in this movie, it was about a very small town. And this small town relied on farming, as many small towns do, for their livelihood. And the movie started off with a husband and a wife whose baby died during pregnancy. And then from that point on, it seems that this once thriving town that was full of hope and faith was slowly beginning to lose their hope. The rain had stopped, and so the fields got dry. And because they were a farming town, many of the town began to feel hopeless. And so in this time, a young boy just showed up in this small town. And he was invited to stay with the couple who lost their child many years ago. And so as the story goes on, we find out that this boy is actually an angel whose mission it was to bring a message of hope and salvation to this little town. While this little boy was in this town, he continuously shared the love of God. And miracles began to happen. And there was a great revival that broke out among the residents. And at the end of the movie, we see a thriving town that is filled with hope and faith again. In this movie, it stresses that the foundation of this townspeople hope is God. And that without him, they were hopeless and lost. But then when they began to fully trust God's promises and pray and have a revival, that's when they began to hope again. And so when we read the word of God, we see that hope is the work of the Holy Spirit. If we go back to Romans 15, 13 again, and we look at the end of that, we see that Paul tells us that hope produces joy and peace in the believers and it's through the Holy Spirit. I love the quote from Billy Graham as he once said, The Holy Spirit illuminates the minds of people, makes us yearn from, for God, and takes spiritual truth and makes it understandable to us. That's a perfect description of what the Holy Spirit does. And so we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. And it's through His power that he helps us in every situation in our lives, and we're powerless without him. When we repent and we confess our sins, and we trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior, the Holy Spirit works in our lives, and he takes up permanent residence 
And then he begins to produce fruits in our lives. We begin to see things differently. And it's through the Holy Spirit that we can have true biblical hope. And that we can know that God is with us, not only in our good times, but even in our weaknesses and in our bad times. I read a story about a little boy who was flying a kite. And it was a really windy day. And the, kept, the kite kept going higher and higher and higher. Finally, it got so high that it went out of sight. And so a man passed by and he saw the little boy just holding on to the string, probably wondering, what is at the other end of that string? And the man could not see the kite. And he was looking up in the sky and he couldn't see it anywhere. All he saw was this little boy holding the string. And so the man asked the boy, how do you even know that the kite is up there? And the little boy replied, because I can feel it. And so although we cannot see the Holy Spirit, we should be able to sense his works in our lives, changing us into the image of Christ. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives that we can have hope. And it's through the Holy Spirit that we can be confident in our hope. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is confidence in God that will lead to obedience to God. Christian hope is a matter of faith. Our hope is characterized by confidence rather than just wishful thinking. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is being looked at as being related to hope. Hebrews 11 is known as the faith chapter or the hall of faith. And when we read through that chapter, we see all the heroes of the faith. All the heroes of the Old Testament are in this chapter. And the reason why they're heroes of the faith and what made it possible was of their confident hope in God. They had a confident hope in God and faith. In the Bible, faith is a little bit different than hope, but they're related because biblical hope is built on faith. I remember several years ago, we took our family to Disney in Florida. And it was a big family trip with my parents and my sisters and their children. We all went. It was a huge trip. And so our girls were very young at the time. And so we sent them on a little scavenger hunt to a few of our neighbors' houses. And they would go to each neighbor and they would get a clue. And so all these clues that they had led to my in-law's house, which they just lived down the street. And so when they went to my in-law's house is where all of their little clues were revealed to them. And then we told them that the next day we're leaving for Disney. And so they were so excited about that. But the other thing about it is, is that our children had faith based on what Christy and I said to them. Based on our word that we were going to Disney they had faith. 
But at the same time, with that faith, they also had joy that we were going to be going to Disney tomorrow. And that joy produced hope, and it was hope. And so we as passionate followers of Christ, we have hope, which is confidence that Jesus will come back again. We have hope and confidence that Jesus will come back again. We have this promise from Jesus that he will one day come back for us. In Titus 2.13, Paul writes, While we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be revealed. We look forward to Jesus' return. Jesus made a promise to his disciples and to us in John 14. In verses 1 and 3, he said, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust in me also. There's more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come get you so that you will always be with me where I am. We can look forward to eternal life because Jesus promised it to all believers in him. Jesus promised that he will come back again. And I have that hope and belief that he will come back again. Because as I said earlier, our hope is confidence that God will fulfill all of his promises because he is and always will be faithful. And that's not just wishful thinking. Finally, the Bible tells us that hope can transform your life. Hope can transform your life. In 1 Peter 3, 1.3 it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So what Peter is saying is that we as believers in Christ who have been transformed and have been given this new life in Christ, we're giving a living, living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And the first result of a new life in Christ is hope. And this hope is living because it's built on our resurrected Savior. I love Peter's writings because and many Bible scholars and commentators have called Peter the apostle of hope. And we can see why just from this passage of Scripture that he wrote. Because here we see new birth and salvation with the idea of it being a living hope. You see, we don't have to rely on the dead, empty hope that we see in this world around us. Because that kind of hope offers us nothing. We have a living hope and a great expectation that comes from our living and resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ. So in 2021, I'd like to kind of just go over a couple things here for our growth work as to how we can build hope within ourselves 
and our community. And I think the first thing that we should always do is that we can dive into God's word and we can pray. I put these two together because when we're praying and reading God's word, it should go together with each other. Um, so we can dive deep into God's word and we can pray. And depending on what translation of the Bible that you have, we read the word hope between 130 and 164 times in God's word. As a matter of fact, the Bible here is a book of hope. It's a book of hope. It's a book of promises. It's a book of God's love for us. And so as we enter into this new year, I want to encourage you to open up your Bible every single day. And I know as the new year comes, there's a lot of people, and we should do this, that want to pray the Bible in a year or a half a year. And so they download the apps. We have so many apps on phones and your iPad or your, your uh, tablets where you can read the Bible in a year or you can do topical studies. But it's also great just to take your Bible and just start reading it. Spending time with God and his word daily and get fed and pray. Because you know what? When you get to the end of God's word, you're going to see that we win. It's important for us to stay in God's word because his word can change your life. God's word is so powerful. And when we read it daily, our faith will grow. The other thing is, is to make a commitment to pray daily. Make a commitment to pray daily for your family. Keep a journal. Write it in your Bible. Put alerts on your phone. Pray for your family. Pray for your friends. Pray for your pastors and their families. Pray for Woodland Church and the other churches around us. And pray that we all just continually seek the Lord in everything that we do. Pray daily for your neighbors. Pray for your community. Pray for your local leaders. Pray for all of the leaders in Washington right now. No matter if you agree with their party or not, we need to pray. We need to pray for our country. So I would like you to make a commitment this year to take an hour also out of your Saturday evening, every Saturday, and join Pastor and Becky in prayer for our Saturday night prayer at 6 p.m. It's so wonderful when we get together as a church family and we pray together. Powerful things happen when we do that. And I'm so thankful that we used to have, be able to have it in here on Saturdays, and now we have it online. And it's so great to go online and sing and pray with Pastor and Becky and our church community. I also urge you this year in 2021 to let God use you. Let God use you. As we enter into 2021, it's time for us to stop standing on the sidelines. 
It's time for us to let God use us right where we are. God has given all believers gifts that we're to use for his glory. It's time for us to get off the bench and be a light in this dark world and tell every single person that we meet about the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, our Savior, our living hope. I read a story about a 21-year-old man whose name was Matthew. And so Matthew was homeless, and he was homeless for three years. And he was sleeping on the rough streets of London. And there was a man named Mark Russell who was appointed head of the church army while he was in his 20s. And so Mark met Matthew on the streets. And Mark brought him some food and led him to Christ. And as he was getting up to leave, he said, Matthew, over the next month, I'm going to be on the platform speaking to thousands of people. One of the sessions I'm going to be speaking at is going to be about missions. And so he asked him, what piece of advice do you want me to give the Church of England today? And Matthew said to him, he said, the church's job is to stop arguing and start bringing hope to people. Mark Russell commented, I have never heard a better definition of what we should be about. Stop arguing about all kinds of stuff and bring hope. Don't we have a gospel of hope? A gospel that brings hope? A gospel of life? A gospel of transformation? A gospel of joy and a grace and of grace and of peace and above all a hope of eternal life the hope of Jesus because our hope my friends is not anchored in this world our hope is not based on a political party our hope needs to be anchored to Jesus who is the anchor of our souls he has promised to never leave us and to never forsake us he alone is our hope and our anchor. And as we enter into 2020, we should put our hope in God and not in the things that we have. Those things don't matter. And we shouldn't even put our hope in the people that we know. You, right now, right where you are, can have hope in Jesus. And you can place your trust in him, knowing that he is always with us, confident that we have his love, his joy, and his peace, and knowing that it is through him and his death and resurrection that we have eternal life. For it's in this hope that we are saved. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word and I thank you for your word that's living and active and it's sharper than any double-edged sword. And I'm just so thankful that it penetrates so deep within us, Lord. I thank you for the new birth that we've been given that provides us for our living hope, Jesus Christ. 
And that through Jesus, our living hope, we are promised eternal life. And that even when we're facing suffering and trials, we know that it's only temporary. And that our hope is solid and secure. Heavenly Father, I pray right now for our country. Our country is in a mess, Lord, and, and we need to pray right now for our country, Lord. We need to pray for our leaders, both locally and federally. Lord, I pray that they seek your guidance and your wisdom in all matters, in everything that they do. I also pray, Father, for all of those that are watching online tonight. I pray for anyone who needs healing right now, Lord. Anyone who's sick. Anyone who's struggling, Lord. I just pray that you will just put your healing touch on them, Lord. And I pray that you will draw near to them. And that they will feel your presence and your comfort. I pray that you will speak to them as they read and study your word, Lord. And that they will be encouraged and comforted by your word. Lord, I also pray tonight for anyone who does not have that true biblical hope that I spoke of, Lord. I pray tonight, Lord, that they will seek you and that they will find you. And that you will reveal yourself to them. And that they will come to faith in Christ. And that they will open up their hearts and believe the gospel. Lord, I pray that they can be confident in their hope, just as we're confident in our hope in you, Lord. And that they can know that it is you, Lord, that is the very foundation of their hope. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And may the Lord bless you, and may the Lord protect you, and may the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show you his favor and give you peace. Amen. Have a good night, everyone. We'll see you this weekend.